Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Hey y'all, this is your girl T, host of Purposely Bossing Up. And on today's episode, I will be speaking with Hazel McKenzie. Hazel McKenzie is an entrepreneur. She's a published author, recording artist, and TV personality, all while being a single mother. Being born and raised in St. Vincent, Hazel believes this path of descent has positioned her to pursue and achieve dreams. She wants to break down the conversation barriers of the often taboo topic of mental health and illness, and to also be a beacon of support for those caught up in the struggle. She has parlayed her life experiences, drive, creativity, and God-given abilities. In addition to being a diligent advocate for mental health, Hazel has also authored the children's book, Playtime and Overdrive, Recorded a gospel music record, was a contestant and winner of season 12 of the Food Network's Worst Cooks in America, and is currently creating her memoirs and developing the first ever social work smart dial called Adam Dial. I introduce to you all Hazel McKenzie. Hey, Hazel. Hi. Hi, everyone. How, how are you doing today? I am doing well. I am doing well. Fantastic. Amazing. So, of course, we know that this podcast is called Purposely Bossing Up. What is your definition of purpose? My definition of purpose would be that thing that gets you up in the morning. We all go through a cycle in life. And at every stage you go, you're searching for something that has meaning. That one thing that gets you up in the morning boost of energy. We are an ever going, um, you know, we are evolution, evolutionary people. We evolve every day. So for me, when you, when you talk about purpose, it's just, it's that one thing that you were born to do. Not everyone gets it right away. I know it took me a very long time to figure out what my purpose was because I was I was going through so many different trials and grief, mental illnesses, suicide ideations. I was, you know, just kind of going through the motions with life, all the adversities that life kind of like to throw at you. And it took me a while when I, when I'm, when you're carrying a lot of different burdens and, and heaviness, your spirit tends to get a little tangled up. So it's yeah. kind of hard for you to um, figure out or pinpoint what it is that you were truly meant to create or truly meant to be. So I think with a lot of soul searching and just kind of like spiritually clearing your um, your spiritual palate, I think eventually we all end up finding the one thing that really, really gives us the drive to succeed. Yes, that is so perfect. That is really like a really good definition of purpose. So in one word, what's, what's one word that you would use to describe yourself and why? <laughs> favored. The reason why I say favored, it's because for about 18 years, 
I promise you, if the enemy had its way with me, I can guarantee 100% I'll be dead. Wow. I almost lost my mind. I was hearing voices at one point. Nothing in my life was going right. My mother passed away when I was 18. Mm -hmm. I was the oldest of five children. I took on the responsibility of those five children, one of whom was only a year old. And my dad, he was so in love with my mom. He just could not get over the fact that she had, you know, gotten sick within a matter of months and, you know, just died within weeks of getting, you know, becoming ill. Right. She was only 37 years old. Wow. And, you know, just, I, I, it was my last year in high school Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, get everybody up in the morning. I, I was I gave and I gave and I gave and I gave until I was empty. I was walking around literally like an empty shell. I had no feelings. I had no emotions. I wasn't sure which days it was. I was struggling with migraine headaches. And 13 years after my my mom died, then my dad died. Mm. And, uh, you know, just kind trying to process all of what has been happening. And right after my dad died, eight months apart, from each other, his three brothers died. No. Yes. Eight months apart from each one of them. They just all died within eight months of each other. Wow. So I, <laughs> I just, just processing that grief. Yeah. That's a lot. It was difficult. So I, I started, I start. I became severely depressed Mm-hmm. Uh, it started with postpartum depression and not getting that treated. And then that became chronic um, depression. Um, I had anxiety, you know, just going through the motions every day, having these anxiety, these panic attacks and, you know, thinking that I'm hearing voices. Yeah, I would run home and lock myself in my room and lock the windows, lock the doors until that day that, you know, I was going to go just end it all. Because I was in so much pain. And I think the worst part of that is not having support. Yeah. You know, being the only one and coming from a West Indian background, because I'm from the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. you know, we have these cultural, these cultural biases towards mental health and getting treated for your, your mental state of mind. And what, what, what they teach is, if you go to um, to therapy, then you're crazy. Right. But then I come to realize that one, if you can go and get a, um, a physical checkup, if you can go get your eyes examined, why not go and get your your mental health check? Yeah. And, you know, so when the day I set out to kill myself, something miraculously happened. Because the, the plan was to go and drive my Jeep into oncoming traffic on the highway. No. Yes. And I dropped my children off to school and the voices came. They were so loud. There were so many of them. I was, you know, frustrated. I was confused. And, 
you know, I'm I'm driving, driving, and then all of a sudden, just this one very distinct voice just says, you know what? Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. You're fat. You're ugly. You're worthless. Wow. And it's just constantly the negativity. And, you know, you're just feeding your spirit with all of this negative um, emotions and feelings. And it, it eventually, it, it cuts you off at the knees. Yeah. And I just, I wanted it to all, I wanted it all to end. So I get to the sixth block away from my house uh-huh. and I started to cry. And I said, God, if there is a God, if you're out there somewhere, if you're, if you're anywhere, I don't want to die. Right. And I'm, tears are rolling out of my eye. And then I crossed the sixth block and the Jeep broke down. Really? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm crying and I'm I'm turning the, the 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 keys in the ignition and I'm sinking the gas and I'm beating the steering wheel and I'm I'm telling the stupid car you gotta move you gotta start we gotta go I, I you know this has to end but then a part of me is saying oh God please save me I don't want to die right so I turn and then the voices they're constantly telling me oh get out the car in standing traffic. And I turned to my left to open the door mm-hmm. to get out the car and the lock, the lock on the door jammed. Wow. And I sat there and I cried and I said, okay, God, I'm listening. What is it? Mm-hmm. And I cried and I cried and I could not believe that it's been two hours. I sat in my car car was was the way the car broke down it looked as if I meant to park it that way and I didn't wow and sometimes I feel I feel like I I I shouldn't tell the story because people wouldn't believe me but I have to tell the story yeah you have to because I I can't explain it I I can I can tell the story but I can't explain what happened to the car why it broke down I can't explain why the, the, the lock on the door jammed. None of it I can explain. And sometimes I'm afraid that people won't believe the story. Wow. That was nothing but God. But it's amazing. It was nothing. It was nothing but God. And right then and then, right then and there, I experienced what some people call miracle. Yeah. I witnessed my own miracle. Wow. So for that reason... I thank God for his favor. Yeah. So I say today that I am favored and I am favored by God. Oh, mm, mm, mm. yes, was, ma'am. That is very moving, very moving. And a lot thank of people, you. a lot of people can't speak from that position, of course, because they've never been in that position, but I'm sure we've thank all you. had a time where we've experienced something out of the normal. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I think I think a lot of times when we're not spiritually connected and sometimes our mind, bodies and souls are not aligned with each other. And right. this is where people get confused and they eventually miss their blessing and they miss what they're supposed to get from the from the experience that they're going through. Yeah. So so I, I just I tell people it's important to stay spiritually connected. You don't have to believe in, in, in the God that I believe in, but be spiritually connected. Be one with the universe. Yeah. And eventually, every single thing that you were meant to do 
Your destiny and your purpose is going to find you eventually. They're like, we're like magnets to our purpose. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I want to, I want to talk. And, and this is like a, a Bible story, mm-hmm. but it just goes to, it, I'm, I, I just want to show how purpose is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They talk about the, the, um, the story of, um, of Jonah. Yeah. Um, Jonah mm-hmm. was supposed to go down to Nineveh and he was supposed to go and, and preach the gospel and take the message. And he didn't want to, but that was his purpose. Yeah, it sure was. And he chose not to go. So what happened? He got swallowed up by something he wasn't even supposed to be swallowed up by. <laughs> Just to teach him a lesson. All these mm. things had to happen on his journey to his purpose. But he couldn't get away from his purpose. Mm. So we find that Jonah had to go through the, the, the storm. He had to hit in that boat. They had to throw him over. The whale had to swallow him up. Yeah. He had to stay in there for some time. And I know it must not smell good in there. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually when he gave in and he became one with his mind, body and soul and everything was in sync. Then his purpose found him. So sometimes we just have to stay spiritually connected so that yes. we don't miss miss that that blessing so with all of these different trials and tribulations you were going through did that inspire you to do what you do today yes and um also my my son he is on the spectrum Uh, he has asperger's syndrome and you know just watching my dad go through uh depression being a single parent and experiencing have a degree and don't have a job and the, the the emotions that you go through when you go down to a food stamp office right asking for some help and the way people treat you uh as if that you're as if you're not human right so just experiencing those things i knew that i can help other single moms who are going through the same things to let them know there is still hope even if you're struggling at the moment, you can't feed your children. You know, you're you're you only have one pair of sneakers. Well, I think one of one of the um the most embarrassing thing that I've I've ever had to go through mm-hmm. was um I had graduated college, three years, couldn't find a job. I got a part-time job. I was working three hundred dollars a week. Mm-hmm. And my rent was eleven hundred dollars. When I when I tell people I had to live for two years on a hundred dollars, people wonder how is that even possible? But I would save all my checks until the end of the month. And that would be how I would be able to say um, pay my rent and then have other expenses. Right. I went and I got one of those assurance wireless cell phones. Those are the, the Medicaid cell phones that oh, they yeah. gave you. Mm-hmm. I, I turned off the T-Mobile and I got that because then I didn't have to pay for that. I didn't exactly. have cable. We didn't buy food outside. I cut salt and sugar out my diet so that we won't have to spend money on those things. I cut flour out of my diet and we bought wow. cheap bread. And I, for two years, I couldn't afford a um, deodorant. 
And I remember one one day I was on my way home and I couldn't afford any bus pass either. So most of the time I was walking and running. Wow. And I picked my son up from day, from um, Head Start because he was in a Head Start program. And uh-huh. man, it was hot that day. And my armpits was just stinking. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I felt so bad because I had my son with me and we were walking home. And we were a few miles away from home. And I thank God that, uh, you know, he was diagnosed with ADHD because, boy, he was hyper. Okay. And <laughs> I would psych him up every single morning and evening to run so we can get home on time. Wow. And we, I would have to create all of these different adventures. So... I was heading home and I saw a fruit stand and uh-huh. they had some lemons on the outside sitting by the sidewalk. And I said to him, honey, mommy's about to do something real stupid, but I want you to trust me because he, he was about he, he was about five. Uh-huh. And I grabbed hold of his hand really tightly and I went close to the fruit stand and I stole two lemon Ooh. from the Chinese. Yes. Uh-huh. Sis. I took off running with, with my son and I'm dragging him with me. Wow. And the Chinese guy, I swore he did not see me. And he's running behind me and he's screaming, thief, stop her, thief, thief. Ooh. And I don't know what happened. I ran into a 99 cent store that was owned by an Arab. And he said to me, I don't know what you just did, but go to the back. And I uh-huh. went to the back and I heard the Chinese guy he came in the store and he asked the Arab guy if he saw a lady with a baby that came in. And he said, no, um, uh-huh. nobody came into the store. And I started to cry. I just fell apart because wow. my son is looking at me and I'm just like, oh, my God, is this the example that I am setting? Right. Mm-hmm. So when the Chinese guy left, the Arab guy came to the back and he said, what happened? And I explained to him what happened. Uh-huh. And he said to me, I'm going to give you two deodorant, but promise me that when you get some money, you would go back and pay for the lemons. Right. Mm-hmm. And I did eventually, about a few months later, I got me some change and I went back. I apologize. I was the one who stole your lemon and I'm here to pay for them. Right. So I think that that was one of the most embarrassing things that I ever had to do in my entire life because wow. my son was looking at me mm. and I went home and I, I put on the television, put on some cartoon. I went to the bathroom and I turned on the shower and I cried. Wow. And I promised myself and I promised God, I said, if you would get me out of this mess, I promise that I will be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. So I thank God. Wow. I mean, look how far you've come, you know? Absolutely. I mean, every single day I wake up, I'm amazed. And this is why I said I am favored. Because had God not had his hands on me, I don't know where my life would have been. This Mm -hmm. is my last semester in school. And um, I'm finally graduating grad school and getting my license in social work. Amazing. Uh, You know, and and this this is phenomenal. The, the things that are happening and it just, it seems like God is just literally just snapping his fingers and they're just, they're just one by one. They're happening quickly. And I'm just like, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, all right, all right now, slow down, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I'm talking about, about purpose. Yeah. I am finally walking in my destiny. Yeah. 
and it is happening and I'm overwhelmed with emotions because this is what I've always wanted. Right. Someone once told me, you're like a rolling stone. And I said to him, the only reason I'm rolling is because I know what I want. I right. refuse to accept mediocre. I know that's right. I, I, I can't. It's not in, I wasn't built that way. But then again, I hope he knows that a rolling stone gathers no moss. Yeah. <laughs> you gather moss, you can't move. So. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. So between everything that was going on, mm-hmm. what is your meaning of success and what is your current biggest success oh man i mean one can have so many different meanings to success but for me my success for me it means being in my right state of mind uh-huh. because once i'm in my 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 right state of mind i'm i'm able to you know because i i have this thing i'm constantly uh, checking myself. I'm very self-aware. So that for me is my success because then with that thinking cap on, with that fr- straight frame of mind and me being in, in this, this mindset that no one can corrupt me if you, if you know what I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I can't be shaken. I am not I am not the type of person that you can say something negative to and I absorb that. It does. Right. I, I have a repellent for negativity. Right. So because right now I am in my right state of mind and I'm no longer hearing voices and I'm no longer anxious and I am no longer depressed. I'm no longer suicidal. Every decision that I make from now on has caused me to apply to graduate school. Now I'm finishing it, finishing, write my memoir is being released in October. Amazing. Um, having my, um, this intervention that I thought was just an idea. Now it's, it's becoming, it's, it's unfolding in ways that I've never imagined. And, you know, just uh, going on the food network and winning that money. <laughs> <laughs> But to be able to win $25,000 on a food cooking, uh, a cooking show, man, listen, right now I'm floating. Oh my gosh. I know that had to been an amazing experience. It was. It was. It was. It it was life changing because then I, I met a lot of people. Yeah. You know, who, I mean, they had different personalities and I, I don't know. I just, it was just a blessing to be among them. Yeah. You know, so it it gave me an opportunity to see something other than, you know, the poverty stricken past that I've had. Right. You know, so I I was grateful. I was grateful. Awesome. If you could go back in time and change one thing, what would it be? Or Mm. would you not change anything at all? So I think the one thing that I would change would be would be death. The death of my parents. Yeah. And that's because my mother couldn't read and write. And wow. when when the the I think the month that she got sick, um, when when we found out that she had colon cancer, wow, we 
two months before we had just signed her up for um, adult literacy program that would have started in August and mm. she died in um, she died a few months a few days before the class started wow and I often tell people because even if she didn't know how to read or write she was a force to be reckoned with because mm. she was strong and you couldn't tell her any different. Right. <laughs> so she always, even, even though she had that deficit, it didn't stop her from pushing us to becoming the best people that we can be. Right. It never stopped her from, you know, being um, molding us into these great women that me and my siblings have become. Yeah. So if I can change anything, it would be to go back in time and change the way she died and give her a little bit more time so she can see how our lives have, have unfolded because wow. that's all she talked about, you know, seeing us getting an education because education was, was a big thing for her, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being successful. Um, I remember as a little girl in the Caribbean, every lunch period we would go home and at that time that was when Oprah had just started you know we had you know started getting Oprah on TV okay and, <laughs> and she would love to sit and watch Oprah and um one day she said to me you see this is what I want for you guys this is a black woman on TV right and and I said to her mom I promise that one day I'm gonna be as rich as Oprah I and, she, right. <laughs> and she said to me, well, um, can, can I say it in, in my uh, in my language? Yes, you can. It's, it's broken English, right? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, if you want to come like Oprah, you cast off two masters at one time. <laughs> and that just means that, you know, you can't serve two masters at one time. You have to take um one at a time because yeah. I was already in my teens and you know boys were already starting to look and I was starting to you know gravitate towards boys and so she would say you would have enough time for boys mm -hmm. I want you to go to school and get an education so that's why I have this drive now uh -huh. to go as far as I can and I'm hoping by the grace of God that after this um, master's program is over, I'm going to give myself about a year just uh -huh. to kind of work and breathe for a minute. Yeah. And then I'm going to go get my PhD. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. So that amazing. would definitely be one thing that I would change. Awesome. I definitely can relate because I lost my mom at the age of 23. Wow. And it was, it was also something that was sudden. And of course, I was the only child, so I really didn't know how to... Cope mm -hmm. with that, so I definitely understand exactly where you're coming from. She was right. really big on education. She really always wanted the best for me. Right, you know, single parent home, and I'm just glad that I'm able to see. And also, like my great grandmother is still alive at 95 years old. Wow. So I'm just super blessed to have her around to be able to see these things that you know my Absolutely. mother, my grandmother wasn't able absolutely. to absolutely absolutely yeah, I, I definitely get it so with everything that's going on how do you practice self-love and self-care well I uh, I I listen I I look at myself as a tree and 
I look at my children as my branches and they would eventually um, produce fruits. And that to me is my legacy. And just like I tell my clients all the time, if your roots die, then your branches are going to die. And so would your fruits. And eventually your legacy will die. Right. So because of what I have experienced in my past, every morning I wake up, I look in the mirror and I say one thing to myself, you are an icon. Mm. And I say it with such affirmation that I, I, all I see in the mirror is an icon. So I feed my spirit daily with positive self-talk. I remember once Ian Levanzan said, you cannot pour from an empty cup. That's right. And I've experienced what it was like to be empty. So I ask God every day to fill my cup and let it overflow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that the spillage or the, the overflow I can give away. So I promised myself that I will never ever get to a point where my cup is empty because it's not a good feeling. Because then I, I become bitter. I become resentful. Yeah. Hateful. My relationship with my children suffers because then I'm angry at the world and I take it out on them. That's right. So I learned to say no. I learned to say, I understand what you're going through. I understand how you feel. But right at this moment, I can't help you. Yeah. Because my, my, I love my siblings. And some, I, after my mom died, I promised my mom, you know, I'll take care of them. I'll watch. I'll, you know, make sure that they grow into beautiful people. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally, I, I carried that promise to the point where it almost put me in the grave. Wow. So now I learned to say no. Sometimes when I feel like crying, because crying tends to help me and nothing, I don't have, and nothing has to be wrong. Right. Happy or feeling, having some emotions. Yeah. I, sometimes I just cry and I, and, and I cry because I want to cleanse my, my spiritual palate. So that's my self-care. I just sit down and I would do absolutely nothing. No, watch a TV for about an hour. Yes. <laughs> so that's my self-care. And yes. I go to the gym sometimes. Oh, yeah, the gym, I know, helps a lot. Yes, people. I go and I walk on the treadmill for about an hour, um, Monday to Friday. <clears throat> I have an accountability partner, so she makes sure that I go. So that's, that's my self-care. I, I don't works. overload. I don't overload. Yeah. When I feel like I'm getting to that point of being overloaded, I stop. No matter what's going on. Right. But that's good. Everybody has their own way, you know, to be yes. one with themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, what is one resource that you use every single day in life and cannot live without? The scriptures. I can't live without the scriptures because they are my, my living word. They are my daily mantra. And there's just this one particular scripture that I carry with me in my heart all the time. And it says, for I'm not, I have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I realized that fear has crippled me for so long that I was, I was afraid to step out into my purpose. It's always been waiting for me, but I allow fear to creep in. 
I, I allow fear to cripple me. So every single day I recite a scripture. Um, I recite, um, you know, something that will feed my spirit for that day. Right. Because I don't want my spirit man to die. And for me, my spirit man is the root of my tree. So if I keep feeding that with positive source and give it and, and nurture it, then the spring will soon come. Yes, it will. And I will blossom and bloom and bring, fruit, bring forth fruits. And that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for my summer to come when I'm able to pick my fruits. So that is good stuff. That is good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. I hope all of our listeners are taking good notes because <laughs> this is good stuff. It's nothing like being moved through someone else's experiences, you know? I agree. I agree. So do you have any upcoming events or projects? Um, yes. Well, my huh, the biggest thing for me is uh, my graduation, which is May, May 19th, 2019. 19 and then yes and then in October October of this year 2019 as well um I will be launching my my book my memoir it's called suitcase of dreams yes and yes 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 finger snaps finger snaps I'm, I'm excited about that and um it, it will tell a lot of the stories that I just um that I just told uh hoping to launch my uh, my t-shirt line and um, the t-shirt line is really to um, help me to offset the cost of the book launch. Okay. And um, uh, my, as a social worker, we're always looking for ways to make other people's lives um, a little easier. My heart and soul is with children who has been affected by childhood sexual abuse. Okay. So I came up with an intervention. Our company is called Adama Doll. Mm-hmm. And um, our mission is to help combat and treat childhood sexual abuse through uh, the use of um, technology and that natural play process of kids. And um, that is because one in one in five girls and one in 20 boys every single year in the United States are being sexually molested. And um, because adults are the ones that molest them, right. they're not very trusting to tell adults what happened. And even exactly. when they do disclose the information, eventually they just kind of um, recant their stories. And offenders are free to kind of like just go and um, offend again because sometimes children are not believed. Exactly. Uh, you know, so the, the current methods that they do have now, they all involve adults. And that's like uh, forensic interviewing, play therapy, individual therapy, group therapy. But with our product, it's a less intrusive way for children um, who's been impacted to make disclosure that they can do it at their own pace, in their own space, mm-hmm. on their own time. And um through our database, because what it will do, it will collect the, the doll or the toy. It will collect data from the child because children, uh, it's been proven through research that children are more likely to disclose everything that happened to the dog. Right. They'll tell it to the toy. They'll tell it to someone, but never the adult. So right. 
that's what and then the data that comes from that and practitioners can all collect um, that data and you know uh, create these individualized treatment plans for the children um, and it reduces the chances of re-victimization that is awesome yes I appreciate that so we definitely going to be launching that early next year we're currently in our prototype phase um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So those are the things I got going on right now. That is, um, cool. <laughs> that is super I, cool. And I'm definitely yes. going to contact you with that because I do some part-time work with a nonprofit that offers victim services here in okay. Philadelphia. Wonderful. And, you know, we, we do mm-hmm. with, you know, children who's been, you know, abused or molested and yeah. domestic violence and homicide and those type right. of things. So right. I will definitely be contacting you when this drops because this can definitely probably be able to help us. Thank well. you. Absolutely. And it's a product that can go into any population, whether it's a population of drug and alcohol. I know I know a lot of times we're hearing constantly that the aging population are forgotten. A lot of them are in nursing homes. They are being abused in nursing homes. Uh-huh. We can um, put these in nursing homes, hospitals, pediatric um, doctors' offices, and also in, in schools. So that's the plan to kind of put them into these these different areas to help children, you know, help them to disclose their their, their information a lot easier. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. So that is definitely amazing stuff. So how can our listeners find you on social media? They can find me on my Facebook, um, Hazel McKenzie. That's my my Facebook. uh, My Facebook is Hazel McKenzie. Twitter is also Hazel McKenzie. Instagram is Hazel McKenzie. My LinkedIn is also Hazel McKenzie. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm still working on my website. (laughs) That's good. That's all right. Because it's all going to come together. Yes. And before we leave, what is one piece of advice that you can give to our listeners in regard to bossing up? Go after what you want. Find out what you're good at. Find out what your purpose is. Find out what your destiny is and just go for it. Anything is possible. Just be crazy enough to think outside the box and stop listening to the naysayers. Because, mm-hmm. hey, that's, that's what, I mean, hey, don't try to take food out of people's mouth. That's what haters do. Right. They got a job to do and let them do it. Mm-hmm. But you do what you got to do. Anything is possible. Don't ever let anyone tell you that your ideas are too small. Don't ever let anyone tell you your ideas are way too big. They're not achievable. It's BS. Anything is possible. Once you feed that in your mind, you get up every morning, you can see the plan. If you got to write it on the wall, stick it above your bed, stick it on your mirror in the bathroom, wherever you need to see it. Because once you can see it, once you can think it and you can see it, anything can manifest. That's right. Just be crazy enough. That is so true. I agree with that 100%. Yes, ma'am. (laughs) Yes. Well, Hazel, I want to thank you for being a guest on my podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, T. I really enjoyed my time. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yes. And I wish you nothing but great success in everything that you're doing. Um, Graduation, the 
the yes. song, everything is just going to work out. Yes. Yes, the book. Everything is just going to be great. And I'm super excited for you. Thank you. Yes. And listeners, make sure that you, you know, find her on social media, follow her and just be inspired. That is the goal of this podcast is to be inspired by everyone that is interviewed so you can level up and boss up. So with that being said, I want to thank everyone for tuning in on this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Everyone continue to boss up with purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose. Ain't none to it, boss. Ain't none to it.